Flying Bull Productions presents Lab, Literature, and Film. That's the good stuff. Yeah. Laugh Podcast. It's a spring preview show. These are one of my these are my favorite shows. Mine too. The previews. We get to talk a whole, about a whole lot of movies all at once. Well, and we get to talk about movies that we're excited about before we go see them and aren't so excited about them coming out. That's right. Then we get them. We're wildly disappointed later. Yeah, sometimes. I, Ugh. I wish we should have gone back and looked at our list from last year to see where uh, where we wound up, and then how disappointed because I I'm pretty sure that Planet of the Apes was up there for me. And uh, Godzilla, and those were two of my biggest disappointments from last year. I don't know where I uh, Captain America was pretty big on. Oh, uh, X Men: Days of Future Past. Yeah, that, that was, that in was the middle somewhere, right? Yeah, it wasn't terrible. There was some good stuff in it. There were moments, but they were superheroes who got their butts kicked for almost the entire film. The one guy who doesn't get his butt kicked, they tell, oh, "Yeah, go back home. We don't need you." <laughs> That guy well, was awesome. Quicksilver. Yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, there's going to be a Quicksilver we're going to talk about today, Ooh, I think, yeah, too. Yeah. It's a little preview for you. Preview for the preview show. All right, so we both came up with uh, top five uh, movies that we're looking forward to for the spring. For and the spring goes up until what date? Uh, we picked June 12th. All right, so that's the cutoff. That's also near the end of the of the last week of our school year. So Yeah. All right, so it'll be a pretty good... Uh, pretty good stretch of time here most of my movies are coming out in april <laughs> surprisingly <laughs> i don't think i have any coming out in june wow uh i think uh all of mine are coming out in i got may or all of mine except one are coming out in may i got i got one in may and four in april wow but you know it remains to be seen whether or not i'm able to see any of these until july or august or something Remember a couple of weeks ago, I was lamenting how I haven't seen any good movies yet. Uh-huh. Well, that's changed. I mean, I've seen some good movies, but I think there's some good movies coming out. I'm looking forward to them. I like it. Especially based on their trailers. Some stuff that I know about them. Yeah, um, I think I went to Trailer Overload yesterday. I watched about two dozen. I watched a lot of these movies. I watched some of most of the trailers, <laughs> but none, none of all or none of any of them. I didn't look at any full trailer yesterday. Fair enough. <coughs> well, I guess uh, I'll kick it off then. Number five for me is Avengers uh, Age of Ultron, coming out May 1st. Ooh. This is the final film in the phase two of the Marvel release movies. Uh, the first Avengers was the end of phase one. I'm surprised that's so low for you. <sighs> Strangely enough, even though I've tended to enjoy all these Marvel films, I've only seen one other one in theaters. Uh, what? Yeah, Captain America 2 was the only other one that I saw in theaters. Generally, I can always wait for these to come out. I do think I'm going to have to go see uh, Age of Ultron. You didn't see the Avengers in the theater? Did not see it in the theater. Wow. Uh, I was going to, and my wife came with me, and we ended up seeing Ted. Hmm. But uh, definitely looking forward to this one, especially with the new edition of James Spader playing the villain Ultron. Well, just his voice, right? Just his voice. Okay. Um, I think they did some motion capture. One of the problems was uh, his character's like eight feet tall, and James Spader is only maybe He's not eight feet. five and a half feet tall, so he had to wear a harness thing uh, with 
tennis balls at the top of it so the other actors knew where to look for the eye lines. Huh. And apparently that was very hard and difficult to do. Hmm. And uh, uh, Elizabeth Olsen is one of the hench women in there. Apparently she had trouble looking at the balls, so the rest of the crew had fun yelling at her to constantly look at James Spader's balls. <laughs> little double entendre going on yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, it seems like they had a lot of fun on the uh, on the set. Um, they Marvel Studios put out a, a little teaser vignette mm-hmm. about them uh, and their interactions with each other on the set and how much they enjoy getting together, having these superstar actors and actresses all come together sort of like the Avengers Lab's all set up boss oh actually he's the boss I just pay for everything and design everything and make everyone look cooler the filming is great it's like summer camp it doesn't feel like work at all that just happened in this one we're together a lot which is great for us terrible for Joss because it's tough to wrangle ten crazy actors that love each other them having that kind of comfortable ease with each other is a delight. Every now and then, it's an exhausting delight. I never want to work for these kids, but I'll get them there. There's a real sense of unity. Show them what we got. It's all in the swing. This movie is incredibly fun and thoughtful, and it's my seal of approval. Cap, got incoming. Incoming already came in. movie's loaded uh i know they need our help in helping to promote it because when they released the trailer on youtube they only got 34 million views in the first 24 hours how many of those do you think were people watching it over and over and over oh i think there were a lot of people why and also to nitpick at the little stuff um all the little moments Mm -hmm. in there so it'll be interesting and hopefully this movie does well enough that we can start to see some crossover with other X-Men characters. Oh, Scarlet yeah, Witch hopefully. and Quicksilver are both from the X-Men world. Quicksilver was in Days of Future Past, but now it's being played by a new actor, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, who's probably most famous for playing Kick-Ass. Oh, God. He was in uh, Godzilla, too. That's the Quicksilver? With Elizabeth Olsen. <laughs> That's bad. Eh, we haven't seen it yet. It'll be interesting to see how they uh, do that role. Uh, what, right. What's your number five? I have a very different movie. <laughs> it's not anything like uh, Age of Ultron, and that's not even in my top five, believe it or not. This movie is called True Story. It's a movie with starring James Franco and Jonah Hill. So it's a comedy? No, it's not a comedy at all. It's a drama. What? It's a drama. Uh, it's about the relationship between journalist Michael Finkel and Christian Longo, who was on the FBI's most wanted list. He was a murderer uh, living outside the U.S. under Finkel's name. Now, Joe Finkel, uh, <coughs> sorry, Michael Finkel, <laughs> he was a disgraced journalist like a Philip Class. Mm-hmm. He apparently invented a story um, about, uh, I can't remember, Papua New Guinea or something, the copper mines somewhere, and he made a composite character out of all of these interviews he had from other people. But it was mostly made up. I think he typed it up in his basement. <laughs> and uh, he was summarily dismissed from his job with the Post. I believe, no, New York Times Magazine. Um, and then he was living sort of as a reporter in Oregon. 
And uh, he got the news that Christian Longo, this guy was accused of murdering his wife and three young children, had been arrested in Mexico. And uh, he was going by this guy's name. So at the time, according to uh, Sridhar Papal, this is an article published in uh, May 29th, 2005, called uh, True Story Murder, he wrote. <clears throat> she said, or he said... With a ruined career and time on his hands, Finkel reached out to Longo. At the same time that you were using my name, I lost my own, Finkel wrote in a letter to Longo. I'm sort of seeking to find out who I really am. When the two eventually talked, the author discovered that Longo had admired his work for years and figured out if he needed to mask his identity, why not use that of a well-respected adventure-seeking journalist? Both exiled from uh, the worlds they once knew, the two formed a mutually beneficial relationship talking at length over the phone in person. I'd had a vague sense that since the beginnings of my redemption, both my professional and personal might somehow lie with Longo. Hmm. So this is a story about their relationship. And I think it was at South by Southwest, and it got a lot of good buzz. It seemed interesting. I think Jonah Hill was the best part of Wolf of Wall Street, and uh, I really like what James Franco does, so looking forward to it. Directed by Rupert Rupert Gould, coming out April 17th. I like it. True story. <laughs> uh, my number four is Maggie. Doesn't sound like much. Doesn't sound like your typical Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, and this is pretty far from your typical Arnold Schwarzenegger film. Uh, finally, we get to see Schwarzenegger versus zombies. <laughs> yes, yeah, Schwarzenegger v. zombies. Only the zombie is... His daughter, played by Abigail Breslin. Dad, you've protected me all my life. Now it's my turn to protect you. There is life with you, not with me. Don't come looking for me. I'm safe. I'm fine. Mr. Vogel, I wouldn't normally release someone with this type of infection. Dad! I need you to follow the rules here. The quarantine is eight weeks in. She's probably going to show more signs of aggression and hunger. When that happens, say your goodbyes and get her straight through quarantine. Dear mother, they will protect you. Alright, so, uh, is this the lesser of the Breslin? No, she's the famous She's the major Breslin? Yeah, she's the other Breslin. I don't know. So, (laughs) Abigail wins. Uh, She was in August Osage County. She was also in the zombie movie Zombie Land, where she played Little Rock. She's had quite the little career. Wait a minute. I'm not, I don't think I'm thinking of the right person. What was she in August Osage County? She was the daughter. Huh. The one that's the vegetarian, and she doesn't like to eat animals because you can taste their fear. <laughs> wow. Okay. I like that movie. I don't know if I like her, though. But anyway. Yeah, no, I, I like her. Um, Schwarzenegger's doing this. Uh, 
he's getting some pretty good reviews for his acting in this film mm. as a father trying to save his daughter after she's become infected with the zombie virus. The zombie virus. So what? It sounds like uh, adolescence or puberty. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's the zombie virus. I think this is the Schwarzenegger movie I'm looking forward to the most uh, this year. Not Terminator Genesis. Ooh, that might be my pick for flop of the year. Wow, you're going to have quite a few picks for flop of the year. Uh, <laughs> Did I just steal your pick? <laughs> no. uh, Maggie drops May 8th. Uh, probably in somewhat limited release. All right. uh, we don't have hard numbers on that yet. What's your number four? Oh, my number four movie is actually a Western that's coming out. Uh, by a Scottish director, John McLean. Written and directed by John McLean. He's best known, this director, for contributing a song to the soundtrack of the movie High Fidelity. Okay. I think this is his first movie, his first uh, directed movie that he writ- wrote and directed on his own. But it stars Michael Fassbender and Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, it's, this, it's a Western about a 16-year-old boy who must travel across uh, 19th century frontier America in search of the woman he loves while accompanied by a mysterious traveler called Sir- Silas. So I heard about this, looked it up online, um, and watched the first 27 seconds of the trailer, and then I turned it off. Oh, you didn't finish watching no, the trailer? I didn't, want to, I didn't want to be spoiled anymore. So I knew immediately that I was going to be watching this thing. Looks yeah, it, good. It does. I hope we get to see it. Unfortunately, it's being distributed by A24. and Well, eventually we'll get to see it. Eventually. Just they pick be, wonderful get to see movies. It this spring. Yeah. <laughs> or possibly in theaters. All right. But no, I think that's a good pick. Slow West. Now then, I have a movie that's definitely coming out in theaters and our audience must see in theaters. This is not to be seen at home. It is the Roth's disaster movie, San Andreas, <laughs> coming out uh, May 29th. Right. So um, apparently, Steve Johnson or J- what's the Rock's name? Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson. Who's Steve Johnson? Oh no, he's a pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers. <laughs> so not that guy. Yeah, it's no. Guy. Uh, uh, the Rock, Dwayne Johnson. He's got to save California after a major earthquake erupts down that San Andreas fault line. Huh. Everything just goes haywire. As your, it would. Your typical disaster film. Why Why is this highly rated for you at all? I think it'll be a lot of fun. Just good popcorn flick. Hmm. Okay. No? I don't know. I mean, I've I never seen a disaster movie that I liked. Oh, see, I, 2012. I, really, I got into uh, 2012. Mm, it's horrible. And then there was Plus, one. you could watch. Like the one with the arcs. Yeah. They, okay. But if you watch 2012 backwards, it's the story of God creating Earth in six days. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll try that sometime. It's, it's good. First there was light. Then there was water. No, I want to see The Rock go and save a bunch of people. He's flying around in a helicopter. What is he, what is he in real life? In the movie? I mean, what is his job? What is his real life character I job? I have no idea. I'm assuming police officers. But he's in like a helicopter that. in the trailer? Yeah, he flies around a bunch. Right. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, all right. I, I do think the Registars are going to be pretty big on this film. <laughs> really? He's into disaster movies? He loves or disaster he's films. he's into Steve Johnson movies? He, he loves disaster films. I'm not sure how big he is on uh, The Rock. <laughs> not, Steve Johnson is the pebble. Dwayne Johnson is, Steve, is The Rock. 
I said Steve Johnson. I don't know why I'm stuck on Steve Johnson. It's Steve Johnson's nickname is the Pebble. <laughs> yeah, Steve Johnson, whoever that guy is. The Pebble would actually be a pretty good nickname for someone. Yeah, someone named Johnson. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. So that's uh, your third pick? That's my third. My third pick, I think, is also something you're looking forward to. Because we've talked about it, and I think we're going to do a series of uh, of shows on it. Mad Max. Fury Road. In this wasteland, I am the one who runs from both the living and the dead. A man reduced to a single instinct. Survive. forward to this one it's in the uh, the hour we're in the hour of hardy or the time of tom so i like to call it the time of tom yeah this summer in fact everything that's left on my list has tom hardy in it. no <laughs> not really but this movie does he stars as the titular mad max and um he's trying to save someone named furosia mm-hmm. furious uh I think you had it right the first time. Furosia. Furiosa. I think that must be played by Charlize Theron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that Charlize Theron. Directed by George Miller. Yeah, uh, 25 years in the making. So is this an interquel? Is this before Thunderdome? From what I can tell from my research, this is taking place in between Mad Max and Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. Okay, an interquel. Yeah. All right. Um, George Miller also produced and directed Babe in the City. Yeah. And uh, he did Witches of Eastwick, Mm -hmm. which was one of my favorite Jack Nicholson movies. This guy's got a lot of range. He does. Uh, When he couldn't get this movie produced back in, I think it was like 2003, with all the 9-11 stuff that was going on, they weren't able to film in whatever third world country they wanted to film this in. So he went off and did Happy Feet instead, the <laughs> animated penguin movie. He's got more range than J.R. Ewing. I just like that he takes his ball and goes, up five, I can't do uh, Mad Max. I'm going to do animated penguins that tap dance and sing. I wonder what his next movie is going to be. Uh, supposedly this Mad Max could kick off a new trilogy. Okay. Uh, Tom Hardy is signed up for two more after this. Because I haven't watched it yet, and I've been in the middle of watching the Mad Max movies for our uh, Mad Max a thon. And uh, I think at the end of Thunderdome, it sort of reaches a completion point. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have some interesting things to say about the Mad Max character. I don't know if uh, it can go beyond that. I mean, they'd have to rewrite the ending, I think. Anyway, so Mad Max Fury Road coming out May 15th. Good. Uh, my number two pick is a movie called Tomorrowland, uh, coming out May 22nd. This is directed by Brad Bird. Uh, probably he's most famous for doing Mission Impossible 4 and The Incredibles. He used to work for Pixar. Now he's working directly for Disney. And he turned down, and this is why he's one of my heroes, he turned down the chance to direct Star Wars Episode Seven. 
Okay, that's stupid, but go on. He he wanted to do this because he wanted to do something that was original. <laughs> okay. Uh, original based on a ride at Disney World. Well, it has the same name. Okay. And uh, no, Tomorrowland is the name of that section of the park where you find Space Mountain. All right, whatever. <laughs> uh, it's also written by Damon Lindelof, who I love his work. On Wait, he wrote Lost? Lost. Yeah. And Prometheus. He worked on Prometheus. Apparently, he got overruled on a lot of stuff on Prometheus. According to him. Yes. Okay. Uh, there's a wonderful hour-long interview that's available on Tested.com where um, one of the Mythbusters, Adam Savage, interviews him, and they talk about Prometheus a lot in yeah, depth. I, I, I admire Lindelof's responding to his critics. Well, I, I thought one of the he things... He doesn't back away from them. It, but he also brings up the good point. He was not the first screenwriter on Prometheus. They brought in someone else. He turned in a first draft, and it had all the elements you would expect to see in an Aliens movie, and that guy got fired. Lindelof is then called in to do a second pass on the script and they told him we fired another guy because he made it too much like the original alien movies so Lindelof had to make changes he had to go in a different direction than the direction he wanted to go in okay and it just wound up being a bad movie yeah so uh, it's fine but I also put a lot on Ridley Scott too alright well you know how I feel about Ridley Scott (laughs) yeah the lesser of the two Scott (laughs) he's the lesser of the Scott that's right this didn't um, have George Clooney in it. I wouldn't be interested at all. It's got Britt Robertson, uh, the same girl from uh, The Longest Ride that we talked about on the last podcast. <laughs> okay. And it's got Hugh Laurie, uh, the guy who played House. Oh, yeah. I like that Hugh Laurie. So, uh, great cast. Uh, Is he the villain, Hugh Laurie? I, I don't know. The trailer, it's very fanciful. You're not really sure what's going on. There's some <laughs> ring that transports you to another yeah. world. Sort of like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. The Hobbit. Um, apparently the girl is bursting with scientific curiosity and a former boy genius inventor helps her to embark on a mission to unearth the secrets of a place somewhere in time and space. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you're looking forward to it. Do you think it's... I, I, but I'm unsure why. I, I like all of the talent involved. I really think uh, Brad Bird is a wonderful director. Not because he turned down Star Wars. What else did he do? The Incredibles, Mission Impossible 4. He has great vision. He can still tell an interesting story and not get caught up in just doing the action pieces. Okay. Looking forward to it. I don't know if I'll see it. I might have to. (laughs) If this wasn't a podcast and people could just see my face, I would say I'm speechless. (laughs) I guess I'm up to number two. Yeah. (sighs) Number two movie for me. It's another Hardy movie. Tom Hardy movie, that is. (laughs) So this is the hour of Hardy. The epic of Hardy. Um, Child 44. It's about a disgraced member of the military police in Stalinesque Russia who uh, is after a child murderer. Mm Mm-hmm. Child serial murderer or something like that stars uh, again Tom Hardy in Numi Rapace. Mm-hmm. Like that Numi Rapace, she's uh, I'm oddly drawn to her imperfections. I don't I don't understand why she looks very different in this movie though uh, than she has in her other movies. They 
did together they starred in uh, The Drop. And she had a scarred face. And I think she had a scarred look or visage in some other movie. Tom Hardy and Numi Rapace were in The Drop. Did you see that movie last year? I haven't seen The Drop yet. Uh, James Gandolfini's last film? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not chronologically. And I think it might have been the last one that he released, but not the last one he filmed. All right. One of his last films. <clears throat> yeah, the last major release in the theaters. Um, also has Gary Oldman in it. You might remember Gary Oldman from Sid and Nancy. The movie <laughs> Sid and Nancy. And, and pretty much every other movie that uh, has a Russian uh, general who's a, a villain somehow. That guy has range. Yeah, he's got a lot of range. The problem is he's I don't got, think he gets to play the villain in this. He's, he's got more range than George Bush. <laughs> oh, really? I think he's a villain. Oh, I thought he was helping out Tom. I, I wasn't <laughs> sure. But to me, the best uh, Gary Oldman is Gary Oldman as a villain. Yeah, I think that I think you're gonna get you're gonna get some Oldman payoff in this. Okay, yeah, I haven't read the novel yet that this is based upon. They came as fast as they could. There's been a terrible accident. Alexei's son has been hit by a train. A train is claiming his son was murdered. I am sure you realize murder is strictly a capitalist disease. You have to be quiet. There is no murder in this country. There is no murder. Do you understand? Someone has slaughtered my son! And you do nothing! The killer is still out there. I have to find him. I'm coming with you. This is the, the force of evil that so interests me and compels me in movies. I hope they do a pretty good job with it. Not that I'm like drawn to it because it's like, uh, you know, like it's not titillating, but it's more intriguing. And um, any good movie that deals with serial killers and stars Tom Hardy and Numi Rapace, I'm in. <laughs> no, I think it looks good. I'm looking forward to seeing it. The Russians try to deny that this kind of thing exists in their country. Well, you don't see uh, much in the way of crime dramas coming from Russia. Right. And this seems to be some sort of like police procedural. Yeah, I doubt this is a Russian film, though. It's uh, directed by Daniel Espinoza. Yeah. He directed uh, Easy Money. And I was like, wow, that's in my top five of Rodney Dangerfield movies. <laughs> But then I realized it was 2010's Easy Money about a drug runner in a Serbian mafia. <laughs> oh, it's also the screenwriter for this is uh, Richard Price. Talk about range. He did The Color of Money, the sequel to The Hustler. Uh, sea of Love, you probably know that one. Yeah, uh, Al Pacino and John Goodman. Um, Mad Dog and Glory. Oh, you haven't seen Mad Dog and Glory? No. It's got Bob De Niro and uh, Bill Murray. And Uma Thurman. Yeah, put that on your list. He did Kiss of Death. So, Richard Price. I like 100% of half of his films that I've heard of. <laughs> Child 44. It's, it's, um, it's not got a lot of good buzz, though. Most of it is centering around the fact that they aren't marketing it at all. And with a cast like, you know, Tom Hardy, Numi Rapace, and... Gary Oldman, a major release like this. It's probably the only release that's coming out, major release that's coming out on April 17th. 
Well, I mean, it's a hard movie to to uh, publicize mm. and to get people excited about. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Serial killer in Russia. Yeah. Could be a it could be a letdown, but for me, it's my second most anticipated movie of the spring. Fair enough. Uh, my number one and. I think we played with the dates that we were considering spring, so this one could fit in there. Okay. This one's uh, coming in right at the wire on June 12th. I think it surprises no one that I am looking forward to Jurassic World. We have learned more in the past decade from genetics than a century of digging up bones. A whole new frontier has opened up. We have our first genetically modified hybrid. We just went and made a new dinosaur? Probably not a good idea. Almost 40 feet high. Really think she climbed out. Depends. On what? What kind of dinosaur they cooked up in that lab? Evacuate the island. She's a highly intelligent animal. She will kill anything that moves. Oh, God. The fourth film, uh, this one takes place 22 years after the original Jurassic Park. And the Jurassic Park has actually opened, the public has, has gone, loved it, and now they're not so excited. So with diminishing attendance, they have to try to do something bigger and better. And that's where everything goes wrong. Uh, this stars Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, and Judy Greer. Judy Greer? Judy Greer, she's a redhead. She was oh. she was in Men, Women, and Children. She's also in Tomorrowland. She's going to play the mother in that. You've probably seen her in lots of sitcoms over the years. Who's the kid? The kid? I don't know. I didn't bother. Isn't that the, the most name. important role? Nah, Chris Pratt. Okay. Well, he plays the sort of a hero, right? Yeah. Is Spielberg tied to this? Yeah. Is Spiel- he directing? No, this movie is directed by Chris Trevor Varro who did Safety Not Required, or Not Guaranteed, sorry. Safety Not Guaranteed. Time travel movie? Yeah. I didn't see it. I didn't either, but it's on my list to get to. All right. Jurassic World. Hmm. How can you not be excited to go watch this in IMAX in 3D? Could there be a better movie franchise than the Jurassic Park series? Yeah. (laughs) And hopefully this one does well yeah, because pretty we much every two or three more. Every other franchise. I don't think this will do well. I think it'll do well. I think it'll do well at the box office. I don't think it's going to be a good movie. I I think this this movie has the chance to beat Avengers and mm-hmm. be the highest grossing movie of the year. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. Because here's the other thing. It will play amazingly well overseas. So will the Avengers. I know, but... I mean, this movie has range, and it's one of those, I can see people taking their 10-year-old kid to go see it. I can see adults like myself going and watching this because we love Jurassic Park so much. All right. Fair enough. I, what did Jurassic Park 3 do? Uh, it did well. It did 
good box office, not great. Nowhere near Lost World or the original. Hmm. All right. I don't know why. I, maybe it will. I, I, I'm not interested, but that's just me. That's fine. I'm not interested in any of your movies. I will honestly. bring in a review of that film here in about two months. That'll probably be right around laugh number 50. Okay. It'll be a great review to celebrate that milestone. I might go with you. Of course, you're going to have to go see Star Wars. Uh, We'll see. (laughs) I keep hoping to read that they're delaying that movie by a year. Nah, that's not going to happen. They already delayed it from the summer. Fair enough. So those are our top five movies. Oh, I still have mine. (laughs) I guess I'm upset because we've already talked about this, and the movie might not be coming to to us anytime soon. It's supposed to come out this weekend. Mm -hmm. Ex Machina. Oscar Isaac starring uh, Oscar Isaac and Donald Gleason and Alicia mm-hmm. Vikander. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if anybody could be that alluring and still be bald. <laughs> gives me personal hope. Natalie Portman and uh, V for Vendetta. Uh, she might be, this, this, this girl might be more alluring because... Natalie Portman was not sexualized in that movie. In this movie, she is, even though she's a robot. Yeah. Or an AI. So this is a movie about artificial intelligence and the Turing test. Over the next few days, you're going to be the human component in the Turing test. One day, the AIs are going to look back on us the same way we look at fossils. Hello. How do you feel about her? Oh, man, she's amazing. You're impressed? (laughs) Yes. Do you want to be my friend? Of course. Now the question is, how does she feel about you? Do you think about me when we are together? This guy, Domhnall Gleeson, is playing, uh, I don't know the name of the programmer, but he's brought in to participate in a breakthrough experiment. Um by Oscar Isaac, who's sort of this Svengali-like character that is orchestrating this interaction between them. I've seen the trailer a lot. I haven't wanted to, but it's been at the beginning of a lot of movies that I've seen. And I've noticed, uh, I mean, I've had to watch it. I can't turn my eyes away from it. But um, I think it will have some interesting things to say about artificial intelligence and about the the how close we are to that edge it's supposed to happen pretty soon oh yeah the director alex garland yeah, this is his first feature film he was the writer on movies like dread never let me go 28 days later 28 days later sunshine he also wrote the novel the beach which starred leonardo dicaprio a narrated movie He's done a lot of great films. Uh, worked a lot with Danny Boyle, a guy who I really like his films, um, except for maybe the last 10 minutes of them. Both of them are futurists, though. They both have an eye on what's going to happen in the future, where it's going. Yeah. Um, so this will be interesting to see how it all shakes out and what kinds of questions it brings up. I can't wait to review it. Hopefully it'll be soon. I hope we'll it's see good. what happens. I'm worried that this is going to be like Transcendence which was a film I spoke highly of last year because it it was directed by the cinematographer who worked with Christopher Nolan. Yeah, but if you remember... a ton of talent. If you remember, I didn't think very highly of it. Yeah, yeah. And I saw the same trailers that you did. 
But I mean, sometimes you want to see these people who have worked with a director who have showed a lot of talent. You want to see them finally get their chance. And you want to see it work well, but then you realize why they're not a director. I think that the premise is completely different. This this isn't asking the same questions. I, I still think it's an interesting idea. And what's interesting is uh, Dominic or Donald uh, Gleason. Yeah, Donald Gleason. He was in uh, a British television series where Black they did Fox. an episode, uh, Black Mirror. Black Mirror. Where his character dies at the very beginning, within the first five minutes, and his wife is horribly depressed that she will never be able to talk to him again. And through oh, artificial yeah, intelligence, yeah. Uh, they scan all of his emails, all of his audio recordings. They're able to recreate a digital him. Right. So I like that now he's doing this uh, AI movie, and it ties into Transcendence and... I think this is a topic that in the next 10 years could become a pseudo-reality. A pseudo-reality that oxymoron is not working for me. It, it could become a, it, it could be a reality. It, it could happen. I'm pretty sure it's we're heading that way. But in 10 years? I don't know. They, uh, what I saw an article about the tech titans are trying to um, really force this thing. The problem that a lot of futurists are having with it is movies and artificial intelligence are going in one direction where reality is going and artificial intelligence is going in another direction. That the artificial intelligence created in movies are more humanoid. And scientists realize that you can't make a bipedal uh, robot effectively so it's going to have to look more like an insect or be on rollers. And for those robots to, those kinds of robots will be more likely to have artificial intelligence than anything that's humanoid. So the next set of robotic artificial intelligence probably won't look anything like human beings. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a very good movie. Looking yeah, no, forward to it. No, I like it. I think there's a lot of good stuff coming out this spring. And I think it's uh, time for us to play a little game. Ooh. You ready? Yeah. So here's the box, the spring box office challenge. Yes, which I crushed you at last year. But what was uh, the summer box office challenge that you crushed me at? No, it was spring. We really? Did, yeah, we did it last right. year. Uh, I don't think we ever announced the winner, but uh, now we are winner, winner, yeah. chicken dinner. <laughs> okay, we're going to announce the winner, and it's you. Yeah, it was me. Uh, but this year we're changing it up a little bit. Instead of taking three weeks of the box office, we're just going to look at its opening weekend. So Friday through Sunday, all of the major releases are coming out on Friday for the next two months. Uh, we're each going to pick four films, and we've both agreed to take uh, Avengers off the table. That's right. So this is going to be the Age of Ultron so, summer. So, so don't start screaming at us that, oh, you, you guys are forgetting Avengers. How can you forget yes, Avengers? Yes, we realize that Avengers will probably be the number one movie. Um, all right, so but what are the stakes here? What are the stakes? I have an idea. All right. All, all right, right, so if I win, I'll give you a list of names that you have to read. I do a cold reading of. <laughs> uh, and if you win... I have to solve a series of simple math problems <laughs> live on the podcast. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. So uh, the listeners can send in those math problems. I won't look at them. Just put in the subject line, math problems for the L train. <laughs> I mean, we're too, 
And if there are names that I and need if there to are names, that's right. Uh, email us with Dom, those. Domino Gleason would be one of them, but we've already used that one, so that's off the list. So you can <laughs> mail us a list of names. This is actually inspired by a post by a friend of the show, Tony C., who said that you ought to do this on a regular basis. <laughs> Instead, right. I'll make this your punishment if I win. <clears throat> I like it. All right, so how are we going to determine who goes first, Mr. Uh, two Frames? Uh, I have no idea. We could flip a virtual coin. <laughs> or tell you what, I will let you go first. I believe I went first last year. Jurassic World. Ah, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with Jurassic World as my first pick. All right. Uh, I will take Mad Max then. Ooh. Pitch Perfect 2. I'm going out on a limb. Uh, okay. Pitch Perfect 2 <laughs> is my second pick, man. It was actually my second pick. So I was I was not expecting to get it. Uh, okay. That's, right. that's, that's cool, man. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> uh, I'll take Tomorrowland then. Wow. wow that's, that was my sixth pick. Well, I did beat you last year at this huh. game. Get those names ready, people. <laughs> San Andreas. <sighs> Dang it. That's my third pick. Uh, that's a good one. Um, ooh, what do I want? <laughs> uh, I will go with Paul Bart. Oh, oh, you got that from me, but I'm going to go ahead. <sighs> Don't screw up here. No, I still have I got a lot here. I got a lot to choose from. I got the last pick, right? No, yeah. you get the last pick. Yeah, I got the last pick. So so far you have Mad Max, Paul Tomorrow- Bart Mall Cop, and Tomorrowland. And Tomorrowland. I've already got. Hmm. Remember, this is just the opening weekend. Right. My fifth movie, which I don't know if I was going to pick this or not. Damn it! What's your fourth? <sighs> No, this was my fifth movie, actually, overall, but then I read a lot of things about it. All right, I'm going with Child 44. Really? All right. What do you, why is that really? Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm hoping it's in 500 theaters. All right, I'm changing my mind. Yeah. I'm going with Longest Ride. The Longest Ride. All right, that's cool. Um, oh, What do I want to go with? I got The Longest Ride. Yeah, yeah, you can have it. It's 3,000 theaters. It's the only movie opening this weekend. It's not going to win. No, it's my fourth rank. It's, it's right, ostensibly right. it's the eighth film or seventh film. Oh, crud. Um, <laughs> this is so hard. There's a lot of movies left. Well, I'm trying to decide between Hot Pursuit, Entourage, and Spy. Wow. You had none of those? Uh, Spy's on there. I didn't even know about Entourage is way down my list. Uh, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to go with Hot Pursuit, the Sophia Varga uh-huh. and Reese Witherspoon film. All right. Hot Pursuit. I got to write that down. Here. All right. So what are your four to recap for the audience before we sign off? All right. Off? Number four is Longest Ride. <clears throat> uh, number three was San Andreas with Steve the Pebble Johnson. My number two movie. Pitch Perfect 2. I think that's going to blow them all out of the water. Uh-huh. And then number one, Jurassic World. You you might win on the back of one film. <laughs> all right. No, I, you'll be surprised. Pitch Perfect 2, dude. I looked at the numbers. Pitch Perfect was a was a very popular movie. And then this, I don't think, when this movie comes out, I don't think there's much coming out around it. All right. And oh. it's market. 
Let's mark it niche. All right, my four are going to be Hot Pursuit, Paul Bart, Mall Cop, number two. <laughs> Paul Bart. Paul Blart. That could be one of the names Whoa, you'll have to read. don't have me pronounce anything yet, so. Uh, <laughs> Tomorrowland, and I have Mad Max Fury Road. All right. Fair enough. So those are the, uh, that's the box office challenge. We'll put that up on the website. Yeah, we'll send out twit or Twitter updates. <laughs> Let you know. Well, we, that'll be you. Because uh, you, you're the one that does all the math. I like it. All right. It all together. So uh, that's Laugh 34. Uh, coming up, uh, Laugh 35 will drop next week. And we'll be looking at the weekend entertainment options for April 17th. We got a whole lot on, on, on the plate coming up. We got the Mad Max trilogies. And I think we're also going to be looking at some Our other trilogy. Australian films. We might be looking at some Australian films and talking about those. Um, I know that this weekend on April 11th, we're going to go see Lawrence of Arabia. I think that's the greatest movie ever made. That's the, that's one of the longest movies I've ever not seen. <laughs> it's on my list of shame. I'm going to knock it off the list. I think my old man's going with us. I like it. Um, and then we should do a, cl- a laugh classic. Ooh. That laugh classic review of Lawrence of Arabia. I like it. So, anyway, that's on the list. and uh, So, those are some of the shows to look forward to over the coming uh, month or so. Right. I like it. If you wanted to contact us, where would you go? Uh, you have uh, three options. You can email us at thelaughpodcast at gmail.com, tweet us at thelaughpodcast, or you can send us a message on facebook.com slash thelaughpodcast. All right. In the immortal words of Jackie Brown from the Friends of Eddie Coyle, This life's hard, man, but it's harder if you're stupid. (laughs) (laughs) So, Mr. Two Frames over there. It's been a pleasure. I'm the L-Train. Pox at Bonham, everybody. There be dragons. It's a movie that uh, I don't think I gave you early. I, don't, I didn't. I didn't give you uh, any heads up on this because I don't think that you. I don't think. <laughs> Sorry. <I'm... laughs> What's the movie? <clears throat> I did. I didn't know what the hell you were doing with your fingers there. <laughs> oh, you were just getting a little close to the mic. I was too close. I thought you wanted me to go closer. No, no, you're you're starting to peak a little. You're a little bright. (laughs) Okay. All right. So, uh,